Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we are able to be together in prayer this morning. Today is Saturday, and this is the end of the 15th week after Pentecost. Today we continue our reading of Mark's Gospel, finishing up the 12th chapter. And now we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 12th chapter, beginning this morning at verse 38. As Jesus taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogue and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearances say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. Jesus then sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples, and he said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she has to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus warns the crowd about the scribes who enjoy the honor and respect of their position and the privileges that come along with it, and to make a show of their devotion, while all at the same time exploiting the vulnerable. Then Jesus observes and calls attention to an act of generosity and devotion that would normally go completely unnoticed. This is a recurring theme in Jesus' teaching. Jesus warns about the hollowness of the most visible expressions of faith and reveals the true love of God, reveals that it is the true love of God that is hidden in plain sight. In the Sermon on the Mount, 
recorded in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus teaches us to pray in secret, to give our alms generously but secretly, and to fast and pray without calling attention to ourselves by distorting our physical appearance. There seems to be something spiritually dangerous about the public performance of our piety. So where do you think that danger lies? To me, what seems most dangerous is the rush one receives from the honor and public recognition of being regarded as righteous, spiritual, pious, generous. The danger of our righteousness becoming our public identity and our public persona, so much so that we find that we are just going through the motions, play-acting, performing a part for public acclaim and, and for the good feeling that it gives to us. That is the meaning of the term hypocrite. It means playing a role for an audience. There is truly a power that is at work here in this interplay between the role that is presented and the positive feedback and acclamation by the public, uh, a power that's very much like an addiction. The scribes present an image that feeds the expectations of the public, who, who in turn recognize it and applaud the scribes, making the scribe feel good and giving that scribe a certain kind of identity, and then along with it all the perks and privileges of that honor. It's a kind of feedback loop that, that, that traps both scribe and public into a charade, and Jesus has seen this played out all over Jerusalem. What Jesus teaches his followers, however, is not to play for the crowd, but for the love of God and the love of neighbor. We are to love God and love our neighbor with all our heart and all of our soul. That is, that we are to live in this renewed relationship with God, where we recognize and receive God's love for us and in return act and commune and walk with God in love. That is what Jesus sees when he observes the widow's offering. Out of her poverty of money, but out of her great love and, and communion with God, she gives all that she has, trusting in God's mercy, throwing herself on the care of God's people. But by putting these two stories together, Mark, by writing by the Holy Spirit, uh, gives us a very stark contrast between the public show of visible wealth and status of the scribes in the invisible riches, grace, and righteousness that the widow enjoys. It is not that public worship, prayer, and generosity are unimportant or dangerous in and of themselves, and that everyone who goes to church makes prayers and, and gives alms are somehow hypocrites. But when we engage in these activities for the sake of generating the good feeling and goodwill and respect of the people, Instead of enjoying the communion with God that God so desires, instead of the act of worship and the connection that we have with the Heavenly Father. That is, after all, what Jesus does as Messiah. He offers himself up in love and obedience to his Heavenly Father, instead of playing to the expectations of the crowd. And in Jesus' self-emptying love for the Father and for us, we find our true salvation. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high breaks upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel, 
You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears, and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God, O mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially this morning, we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for sunshine and water and fertile soil, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gift of relationship with others, and for the communion of faith we share in your church. For what else are we truly thankful this morning? We pause now in silence to remember those who lost their lives in the terrorist attacks carried out on this day 20 years ago. Loving God, you do not turn away from but come to dwell among those who experience hardship in the depths of distress. Twenty years on, there are still so many loose threads and upended lives on account of the terrorist attacks of September 11th. Empower people of goodwill everywhere to be the weavers of our collective life, the uplifters of the downtrodden, and the bringers of peace. Relieve every heart that rages and mourns and will not be settled. Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially today, we pray for those who govern the nations of the world. Pray for people suffering in countries ravaged by strife or warfare. Pray for all who work to bring about peace and international harmony. For the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, that it may bear witness to your love, to your forgiveness, and to the peace that you have brought about. Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. 
preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in our adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth now into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people, love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.